Yes, welcome back to a brand new episode of the McLav Podcast. My name is Michael. Thank you so much for listening wherever and however you're doing. And as always, I thank you so much for doing so. I hope you're keeping well. Congratulations. You made it alive. You made it out alive of January. Not many people thought we would. It just seemed to keep going on and on and on forever. But we got there. It's first week, first weekend of February, and it, it, you know what it feels like now? It feels like we're getting out of first gear. We're, we're sort of stepping things up now. Uh, we're able to stretch our legs. The, the years finally woke up. It's kicking into gear. That's what February feels like. Because January, you're sort of still half holding on to Christmas and the festivities and you know that sort of sluggishness where you would just lie about and do nothing and then... Maybe for the first, you know, there's all always the, the health kick or the exercise and whatever else where you, you think you're going to transform your life around in the space of 10 days. Never happens. And then when it doesn't, you just go back into your old habits. Old habits die hard. And, uh, yeah, for the past couple of years, I've sort of, I'd, I haven't even bothered saying, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to try going on a health kick, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because I just know that I'm lying to myself, and that I'll only get disappointed when I continue to lie to myself. Well, I threw all that out the window, everything I've just said there in about 10 seconds last week, whenever I randomly, just on a whim, decided to get up and go to some Gaelic training here in Derby. Uh, last Sunday morning, training was at 11, I rolled out of bed about 20 past, and... Couldn't walk till about Wednesday afternoon. There or thereabouts. Um, wasn't the smartest idea I've ever had. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Will I go back this week? Maybe. But I feel like, uh, you know, I should have just stuck to my word of saying, there's no point trying to turn my life around in January because I'm just ne- I'm never going to do it. Just You've got the full year, man. Just take it, relax, enjoy yourself. And we're into February. That's the main point. We're into February. And this is where, as I said, things sort of start to pick up pace. A lot more sports coming back on our screens. Uh, A lot more exciting sports. Than just, you know, maybe football all the time. But we've got loads of it on. And we'll get into each and everything that's coming up. I mean, next week we have the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But... Over the course of the next 40 minutes or so, I'll do what I always do on these podcasts is ramble my way through some notes I scribble down about three minutes before recording and hope that it comes out alright on the other end of things. Also, apologies, this chair that I'm sitting on is, like without a doubt, the creakiest thing of all time. And I know I'm not going to be able to sit in the one position for the whole episode, so if you hear it creaking in the background, you didn't. Just ignore it, please, move on. Act like it didn't happen. Okay, cheers. So, going back to last uh, last week's episode, yeah, um, we were talking about the whole incident, the debacle between Glenn and Kilmacud in the All Ireland uh, Club Football Final, and since then the GA have come out and said that they have ordered a replay 
between the two teams. Flipping hell. Do not, did not expect that. Did not see that coming from a mile off. Just thought the GA would come out, wash their hands of the whole thing, say it was a mistake that was made and just let it pass. The fact that they've actually, for once, uh, implemented a rule that everybody was expecting, because usually what happens with the GA is everybody expects one thing and then they just throw a complete curveball and then the whole thing's up the left for a while. But they did it. They, they ordered a replay. Now, do I think the replay will happen? More than likely not. Do many people think the replay will happen? More than likely not. It's a case now of tit for tat, the two clubs looking at each other going, you know, Kilmacud saying, well, if you want the trophy, you can have it, but we're not playing a final. And Glenn sort of being, I would imagine, now, again, all hearsay, and, you know, me more or less putting words in the, in the mouths of, of Glenn players, but surely they could not be bothered. Surely they do not want to play that match again. Yes, you would have your chance at All-Ireland Club glory, which might genuinely be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But it's going to be so marred with controversy and so uh, tainted in a way that would you really want it? Like, is that what you would really, really want your your one memory of being club champions to be? I highly doubt it. Now, someone's going to end up with a fine. God knows who the GA decide to pick on. If Kilmacud, you know, don't... If Glenn turn up, Kilmacud don't fail. They'll get a fine. Likewise with Glenn. But you would imagine if Kilmacud agreed to play it, Glenn will go down and play it. Simply because they were the ones that were aggrieved in the first outing. It's an absolute mess. But thankfully the GA did make that decision, they sort of put a stamp on it, because if they'd have just let it go, then the next year, two years, the amount of incidents like that we would have seen going forward would have just been crazy. And yes, there have been really, really game-screwing decisions by referees in the past. And The main one that comes to mind is the Leinster final, 2010 or 2011, between Meath and Louth. And the Meath player just threw the ball into the net. Um, I remember watching that live. It's come up a lot more recently on the timeline since this whole spiel has come back out again. But, it, you know, there was no replay of it. So it's, again, maybe you can look at it from the idea that it's a bit double standard from the GA to award replays in some circumstances and not in the others. But, listen, the decision's been made. It's over to the club's. Whether they decide to play a ball or not is yet to be seen, put it that way. That's that's about as plain and simple as we can put it for now. And listen, if it does happen and the two teams go at it and go at it full strength, that will be one hell of a match. Everybody would be invested. Um, again, that's only if they take it seriously. Only if. But we move on. We move on. We're still talking February sports about something that happened in January. This is just the way the year's been. Likely the way the year's going to be. So topsy-turvy back and forth. But listen, it would all be boring if everything was simple. So, next on my little scribble pad. Manchester United. 
Thank God for Eric Ten Hag. Now, I know, I know, relax. Sounds like a bit of a an overreaction. We're in a League Cup final. It's the same trophy every single year that when you get knocked out of it, you immediately turn to all rival fans who are still in the cup and say, don't care. Don't care. It's a Mickey Mouse Cup. Don't want it. And for the most part, it is. I mean, I wouldn't consider this a successful season for United if the only thing they would do is win the League Cup. And that's not me counting on the fact that we will win it because they're playing Newcastle United in the final in what will be an extremely tough game. That is not a gimme. As Newcastle's first major final in decades. And they will be throwing everything at it to bring that trophy back up to Tyneside. Like, it's just... Un, it's like unreasonable to expect that uh, United will just walk it. Manchester, that is. I suppose right now you can't even say United in this instance, instance because they both are. They're both Uniteds. Um, but yeah, I don't think it would be a successful season for Manchester United if the only thing we were to do would be uh, win the League Cup. I would expect an FA Cup on top of that. And a definite top four finish in the league. To call it not even successful, but uh, acceptable. Because as a club, you're especially like Manchester United, you're expecting so much more. You're expecting leagues. You're expecting to be competing in the Champions League. And that just has not been the case at all for way, way, way too long at Old Trafford. And this is our first look at Silver War since, in, in six years. So, last trophy we won was under Jose Mourinho, the Europa League, and obviously we lost the final there not that long ago in the Europa League as well, but things seem to be trending in the right direction. We beat Forrest 5-0 on aggregate over the two legs. Uh, first half, first 60, 55 minutes of the second leg was extremely stale. United had no real chances. Weghorst had a had a header to come off the post. But most of the chances lay with Forrest. Um, Brandon Johnson hit one straight at the keeper and then had another shot blocked by his own teammate who was just standing in the way of it going in. But then after 60 minutes, Ten Hag made the changes, brought on a bit of firepower, Rashford, Martial coming back from a knock and Jadon Sancho for the first time in what feels like forever racing the pitch at Old Trafford and that just really picked up the pace, turned the screw and United will go on to win the second leg 2-0 with Martial and Fred scoring. Um, it's what it's what you would expect in, in that scenario, you know. Um, there was a bit of a lackadaisical feel going into the fixture simply because we had three goals from the first leg but... You can never be complacent. You know, if Forrest had taken a couple of their chances, would have been a completely different ball game. I mean, they had the ball in the net in the first leg. Only it was just ruled ever so slightly offside. So, look forward now to the final 26th of this month, 26th of February against Newcastle in Wembley. Should be a great game. Um, I did find, uh, I don't know how I'm honest to an incredibly cheap train ticket. To London uh, for the day of it but the chances of getting a ticket for the game were just so incredibly slim that I didn't 
I didn't buy it, but I mean, like, I was able to get back to London and back from Derby, which is about, uh, it would it was going to be two and a half hours down on the train and four hours back on the bus, and that was 30 quid all in. That's just ridiculous to be able to do that. Um, but as I said, the chances of having got my hands on a match ticket uh, just wasn't wasn't worth the risk of booking all that prematurely. So we'll leave it out. We'll leave it for now. Uh, and I'll just stay put. I'll watch it from here and hope for a good result. So then starting this weekend, as we move on to the next point in this little scribble pad, Six Nations. Best time of the year, I think, for sport is from now until probably the end of May. That is just when you get the best events, the biggest events, the best slate of sports. Um, I could also argue that sort of September time onwards is a really good time for it. But I think this stretch now from February right through to the end of May, start of June, is a fantastic stretch for sports. Starting, as I said, this weekend with the Six Nations. Um, Wales play Ireland tomorrow. Should I say Ireland play Wales? I have a, I said it like that because it's wrote down like that because the match is taking place in Cardiff. Ireland take on Wales in Cardiff at quarter past two. Uh, and what is sure to be a great opening fixture for the tournament. The tournament which will finish the day after St. Patrick's Day, Saturday the 18th of March. Ireland versus England on that date. Um, I love the Six Nations. Do I watch rugby any other time of the year? Absolutely not. If Ireland's playing in maybe the Autumn Series or if you know the World Cup and whatever else is on from time to time, I say from time to time, like the World Cup's a regular thing, you know, when the Rugby World Cup is on, I'll watch it. But it's the Six Nations that I get invested in just because it's a yearly thing. Because you know the fixture list, you know the history of the fixtures. Um, and that's just what makes it that way a bit more exciting. Because it's a lottery each year, realistically, between a handful of teams. You know, Italy's never going to win it. Could be France. England, Ireland are always close. Uh, Scotland, not so much. Wales, in recent years, haven't been too bad either. But, again, this is speaking from the perspective of someone who does not watch rugby year-round and just completely... As I was saying last week, I just like to bandwagon on sports whenever their time of the year comes around. Uh, plain and simple. I, I don't follow them all throughout the year, but I follow a handful of them sporadically whenever their big events come up. So, Ireland-Wales tomorrow, England-Scotland also on tomorrow, and then on Sunday it's italy versus France in the first round and yeah because this is the sort of time now that the nights are getting a wee bit brighter it's not as dark in the mornings there's a wee bit of I don't know do you, do you feel that is that a wee bit of hope or a wee bit of optimism in the air that just things aren't always miserable that's what it feels like you know Christmas I've said it before I've said it earlier in this episode like my favourite time of year but it's dark, it's grey, it's dull, it's hard to get going. You're expected to do so much when realistically there's so little daylight hours out there. But this, the 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 new dawn, the grand stretch in the evenings, hey, 
just gives us that wee bit of optimism, a little bit of uh, pep in our step that, you know, it's not awful. It's not awful with loads of great sports on the TV, loads of good entertainment, stuff to keep us distracted from the absolute hellhole that is planet Earth at the best of times. So let's just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Six Nations football, rugby football. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Exciting times. Uh, Monday morning just passed. Monday morning just passed. Rory McElroy. Again, the man's just incredible. Won the Dubai Desert Classic. Uh, a Rolex Series event on the DP World Tour. Uh, beaten none other than Patrick Reed by one point, one score, one stroke, however you want to call it. Um, McElroy did not play his best golf. The weather pretty much ruined the weekend of the tournament. Uh, man that had to finish on Monday rather than Sunday. And it was Monday morning finish. Reed set the boundary, set 17 under. Had to force McElroy to make a birdie on the last, and he drained a, a putt from I'd say it was about uh, eight, ten feet. It was a great putt, regardless. Um, and yeah, again, once again, Patrick Reed accused, 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 absolutely not accused. Yes, accused of cheating. Reed's ball flew into the trees into one of the palm trees out there, and actually got lodged, like, way up in the air, which isn't unusual, because when the cameras cut it, there's, like, just a plethora of golf balls stuck in this tree. And the ruling, basically, is, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, you have to be able to specifically identify that what you're looking at is your golf ball. Now, what professional golfers will do is put put maybe a marker line or like a, a cross or a little dot or something on it, something that is a unique identifier for them so that if an, an incident like this happens, an incident like this happens, they can identify their, their ball in the tree and say, yes, that is mine. So what happened was Reid marches up with the official. The official gets the binoculars out, says there's a ball up there. Can you describe it? Reid says there's an arrow on it. Official looks at it again. Reid looks at it and says, yep, that's my ball. Official says grand. Problem being, problem being all together, is that his ball never went into that tree. It went into a completely different one. There was video footage of it, video proof. And he just, once again, made a complete tool out of himself. Especially considering what had happened at the start of the week with T-Gate. You know, I'm tossing a T at Roy McIlroy. We talked about that last week. To them being in contention. Genuinely, like, playing some really, really good golf to get himself in the mix. And then to have it all shot down by McIlroy, who was flirting with trouble again on that 18th hole. For those that are interested in golf, you'll know that that 18th hole in Dubai has caused him some pain. Past couple of years, even this year. He put the ball in the water on 18 and then in the final round he just played it that wee bit smarter and it paid off. It paid off. So now he's sort of freed up. He's got sort of uh, the weight off his shoulders moving into this year that he's, he's got his first win and all eyes can be well and truly set on Augusta. I don't know how he's going to cope because there will be more pressure on him than probably there's been on anybody 
any individual at any sporting event in history, well, in a long, long time anyway, in individual sports-wise, because he finished so strong last year, he made a late charge, it just wasn't enough to win, um, but I think he was sort of playing with that free mentality last year of, I'm too far back, let's just go chase it, and he, he, I think he ended up tied second. But this year, the goal will be from the off, to get out early, lead early, and win. Because it's the only thing missing from his entire resume, or CV, from this part of the world, is a green jacket. That's the one thing he's missing. But, he's got the, he's got the early win. He's got the first win of the season done, and we can look forward, we can, we can be excited. Um, you can also be... Uh, I don't want to use the word depressed. You can also be jealous. That's a far better word. Um, of Gareth Bale. Now you might be thinking, where the hell am I pivoting this to? What the hell has Gareth Bale got to do with any of this? Well, as many of you will know, he did retire from all football. Not that long ago. And he's now pursuing, uh, whether it's a life or a career in golf. He took part this weekend, or is taking part, should I say, right now and tomorrow. Well, probably this will be Saturday by the time you hear this. So from Thursday, Friday, and today, uh, he took part in the pro am at Pebble Beach, and he's like playing decent. It's just incredibly unfair that he was so gifted at football, so talented, to then just be able to, you know take his talents onto the course and just continue playing another elite sport at a high level. There's the chair. But he's he's great. Like There's highlights of him going up on the PGA Tour page and not just because of novelty but because they're actually decent shots. So yeah, if you want to be jealous or mad at anybody for any reason, just take your anger out in Gareth Bale. Not actually. Don't. But just feel angry at him because I am. I'm raging. <laughs> you know, he's he won it all in football, bar maybe an international tournament, but he's won it all at club level. And now he just gets to go out and relax on the golf course. I mean, there used to be the jokes, of course, obviously, that his time at Madrid was spent more on the golf course than it was on the training pitch or on the football pitch. He has denied that. He says, I didn't play as much golf as people made it out that I did. But I think he might have been telling a few fibs because he's he's completely retired, completely focused on golf, and he can do it. So, yeah, good on you, Gareth Bale, for making us all look like terrible people. Cheers. So, February continues. February continues and next week we have the Super Bowl the Super Bowl from Arizona between Philadelphia Eagles the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend got to enjoy the championship games as a neutral because my team is out Seattle and now I just get to enjoy the build up to this game get to look forward to it um Maybe put a few bats on or a few, like, you know, guesses between friends as to what'll happen. And it should be a good game. Jalen Hurts, 
taking the Eagles back to the Super Bowl next Sirianni. Um, and then, of course, the, the Chiefs have just been omnipresent in the championship game for the past five years and have been in three Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. This will be the third. Um, and this is what they paid Patrick Mahomes the big money for. I mean, they paid him half a billion dollars. Quite literally half a billion dollars. And this is what they expect from him. He's, the man's just superhuman in some of the things that he does. Uh, he, you know, what looked like had snapped his ankle against the Jaguars. And the week later is out playing as if nothing happened. Yes, he, he was not maybe at 100% strength. But to even be able to walk or carry himself onto that field was just ridiculous altogether. So we'll have another good game of that coming up. It's the Pro Bowl this weekend. It's it's an adjusted Pro Bowl. It's different. For anybody that doesn't know, the Pro Bowl is basically when the the best players, the most skillful players in the NFL, those that aren't playing in the Super Bowl, the week before it will will gather in a city and have like an exhibition match or do skills contests and whatever else. It used to be a full padded game, like a full actual game, but in recent years nobody took it seriously, nobody wanted to get injured um, it was just a colossal waste of time, so they've adjusted it slightly this year it's like a game of flag football and then mostly skill challenges and just having the best players in the league hang out with each other for, for a few days wouldn't mind that at all so that's taking place, the Super Bowl in Arizona, I will hold my hands up and say I have absolutely no idea where the Pro Bowl is. And that's not, you know, usual for me. I normally know just about every single detail of the NFL, but sort of tailed off it a wee bit this year. But yeah, that's February. As I said, the, the floodgates are now open for, for great sports, for a great year. The rest of the year is going to be fantastic. We've got Formula One. It's starting back, a couple of cars and their liveries have been announced. We've had Red Bull, which shock, looks exactly like it has done for the past 10 years. And then we had the Haas on Monday. Uh, I think it was Monday. <clears throat> we'll have the Ryder Cup later in the year. USA versus Europe, that's taking place in Italy. Home field advantage for the Europeans. Which it's going to be, like, if the teams are, because obviously there's a qualifying process based on who plays well enough, and then there's captain's picks. If the teams are, are, are done right, and the whole live controversy and drama can be left, not left out of it, if they're good enough to get in, let them in, but so long as it doesn't become the main factor for why players are motivated for the tournament, they shouldn't need any motivation. It's the Ryder Cup, do you know what I mean? It's the pinnacle of their sport. USA versus Europe and Italy. I think that's end of September, October time. And then we have the GA coming in the full swing. The National League's just started. Armagh got a two-point victory over Monaghan last week in tough conditions in Castle Blaney. And then the welcome Mayo to the Athletic Grounds this Sunday for what will definitely be a great game. Armagh will, will need to be on top on top of their performance on top level however you want to word it to, to make sure that they, they leave the athletic grounds with two points on Sunday because Mayo are a strong side 
Uh, they got a draw against Galway last week, last kick of the ball. You know, some might argue they should have lost based on the, the, the Galway players, Galway defenders' clearance after the free kick. Maybe if he'd have just booted the ball out of play, the referee might have blown his whistle. Maybe if he'd have attempted to pick out a hand air pass and not gift Mayo that opportunity to, to tie things up. But that's neither here nor there. And, you know, I'm not an expert to be judging those sort of things. It's just you read all this stuff on Twitter, you hear these things, and and you just pass them on through here, through the microphone, because you sit and you ramble for, for a while. So, Armavi Mayo. Uh, Down got off to a winning start as well under Connor Laverty and uh, with Marty Clark and Mickey Donnelly. St. Ronan's Mickey Donnelly in the backroom staff there. And there was rumours Jim McGuinness might have been part of the setup, but he hasn't. It, that's come out this week that he's not. That was just one training session that he took and he might be taking them for a couple more. And as always, what would make my week again, as it did last week, would be if Tyrone lost. Because Tyrone were beat by Roscommon, Roscommon, pardon me, last week. And it's just, fun. it's like Liverpool in the soccer. Cannot bear to see them win. Cannot stand it. And if you're from Tyrone, I apologise. But it's great to see you losing. So yeah, National League, it'll ramble on for the next few weeks. Over the next lock of fixtures and then it's all steam ahead. All eyes on the championship this summer. And who will be bringing... And, and th- this new format again. Another trialled out format for, for the championship. But we'll talk a wee bit more about that when the time comes. Uh, I think that's a good enough po- part, point, place, however you want to say it, to leave this episode. There wasn't really that much happened this week. I think we covered it all. We covered the Glenn Kilmacud replay has been announced or ordered, shall we say. United are going on to Wembley, Manchester that is, to take on Newcastle. United. Six Nations starts tomorrow, Wales versus Ireland, to kick start their campaign. Roy McIlroy won in Dubai at the start of the week, beating Patrick Reid. And Gareth Bale is just superhuman, it seems. And looking forward then to next week, we do have the Super Bowl. So I might put out a Super Bowl-related episode. I might not. We'll see how things go. And as always, Armagh are playing this weekend against Mayo in the National League. So, I think that's it. I think that's it perfectly rounded up. And as always, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Keep an eye on the Instagram page. I'm trying to put a wee bit more up there whenever I can, just to sort of keep interactions going and, you know, just keep reminding people that this podcast and that page exists at the McLav Podcast on Instagram. But other than that... Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all in the next episode of the McLav Podcast. Cheers.